0: Hey, Cornerstone family, I hope you're having a great day. Today is March the 9th, and today I want to say happy anniversary to my Cornerstone family. It is 24 years ago today, to the day, that we had our very first service at Cornerstone in the convention center in downtown Bloomington. We still have a number of people who are with us today who were in the room for that very first service, and so I want to say happy anniversary. We're counting down now to our 25th anniversary, almost a quarter of a century that we've been together. And we've got a big celebration that we're already starting to plan for next March the 9th. And so we're looking forward to that. Well, today I want to do something we've not done yet, and that is jump over into the reading of the Old Testament. For those of you that are reading the entire Bible plan, and we have several folks, a couple of dozen people in the church who are endeavoring to read the entire Bible during this time. So super excited about that. And it's going to be a little different because we're doing something from the Old Testament, which we've not done yet. And also because I'm going to take a little bit of a broader view for the book of Second Kings, which is the reading assignment today from the Old Testament, and just talk to you about five things that I think we can learn uh, from the book of Second Kings and reference several different stories. So, just real quick, five life principles. Five lessons that we can learn from the book of 2 Kings. The first one is that God cares about our financial needs. In 2 Kings chapter 4, Elisha helps a widow who was deeply in debt. He sent her son out to borrow vessels from her neighbors. After she gathered them, she shut the door and began to pour oil in each one until they were all full. And then she sold the oil and she had enough not only to pay her debts, but to live on as well. God's power was displayed miraculously through the prophet and provided for the widow. So the lesson we learn is God cares cared about the widow's needs, But Elisha made her do it herself. It required her faith and her work to pay off her debts. He didn't just magically make money appear. He said, I'm going to give you a supply of oil, and as you fill those vessels, you're going to be able to do the work to pay off your debt. It required her to go out and ask and then pour with faith as she poured out that oil. It required her to go and sell that oil to pay her debts. The amount of her work determined the amount of blessings she received from the Lord. And this is the way we often see blessings work in Scripture. God is our provider. We need to trust in him, but that does not mean that we don't have to work for it. It's the opposite. His provision invites us to work hard. And so that's the first lesson. God cares about our financial needs. The second one is don't be a successful failure. In 2 Kings chapter 9, Jehu was used by God to bring judgment on the house of Ahab, and he was blessed for his obedience, but then he got a little bit too excited went too far, and he slaughters the house of King Ahaziah. And Jehu's pride and desire for glory and to be the one who wins the day really began his downfall, and God was not pleased with Jehu, and so God began to cut off parts of Israel because of their own faithfulness and disobedience. So Jehu was a successful failure. He was successful at first in bringing judgment Bringing God's judgment down on the house of Ahab, but then he got carried away, and we learn that it's possible to be used by God but not have an authentic relationship with God, and and this is what happens when worldly success tempts us to be prideful and seek our glory rather than God's glory. So don't be a successful failure. Don't stop halfway and follow in following God, but rather follow God wholeheartedly every day and do exactly what He asks you to do. The third lesson is be fearless. In Second Kings chapter eleven, King Athaliah uh, attempted to Queen Athaliah sorry attempted to wipe out the royal line, and this is the line through which Jesus the Messiah would come. So, what did God do? If you read Second Kings chapter eleven. God didn't raise up an army to rescue the line of David. No, he raised up one fearless woman whose name was Jehoshaphat. Jehosheba hid Joash for seven years and then revealed him to the people to preserve the line in the throne of David. At great risk to herself, Jehosheba single-handedly preserved the royal line of David, which led us to the Messiah, as you read the genealogies in the beginning of Matthew's Gospel. And so my question is, what's God calling you to do today? I'm pretty sure whatever it is, he's calling you to be fearless, to be a Jehoshaphat. Remember, God is faithful. God promised David that his throne would last forever and ultimately that he uh, would would be fulfilled in the coming of the Messiah. And God keeps his word and God uses people in keeping his word. He uses Jehoshaphat to save the line of David and ultimately the line of the Messiah. So be fearless. The fourth lesson we learn is this. When a crisis hits, go straight to God in prayer. In 2 Kings chapter 18, threats from the king of Assyria came to the people of Judah, and they were in such distress that it says the women were at the point of birth but had no strength to actually deliver their babies. In 2 Kings chapter 19 verse 3, and the king's threats literally scared the women to death. So what did King Hezekiah do? He went to the house of the Lord, and he laid out every detail before God in prayer. And God answered his prayers and removed the enemies, removed the king of Assyria. If something is troubling you today, remember to not give way to the enemy's tactic of fear. Instead, go to the Lord in prayer. Imagine God on his throne as he truly is, and let God remove all of your fear as you lay out all the details, just like Hezekiah did before the Lord. Seek God's glory in every situation. Wait on the Lord. Trust God that he's going to work things out for your good and his glory. God loves you. And we can jump back over to the New Testament. We remember we've said it over and over again. God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of sound mind. And so if you are overcome by fear, instead of that fear, go straight to God in prayer, lay out all the details. And then number five, the fifth lesson we learn from second Kings is we reap what we sow. God's prophetic word was fulfilled in Judah when Judah went into exile. In 2 Kings chapter 24, God allowed King Nebuchadnezzar to steal the treasures of the house of the Lord and capture all the people of Jerusalem, including the warriors, the craftsmen, the smiths, the, the, the king and his royal family. And God warned the kings of Israel over and over again to turn from their wicked ways. But they refused to listen to the prophets of their day. And as a result, they faced severe consequences for their disobedience, for their waywardness. God's word is true. We reap what we sow. You can't live a a constant life of disobedience and not face God's judgment, and we see that over and over in the Old Testament. And matter of fact, those of you that are reading the Old Testament, you're going to see this cycle over and over already, this cycle of disobedience from the people of God, judgment from God on his people, then there's repentance and restoration, and then you would think that that would be all it would take, but unfortunately... The children of Israel and we have a very short attention span, and they forgot what happened when they were disobedient. So after God restores them, they go back into that cycle all over again, the cycle of disobedience and then God's judgment and then repentance and restoration. And so it's a reminder for us when we read 2 Kings that we reap what we sow when you are disobedient you remove yourself from access to God's blessings. We've preached the opposite over and over again, that blessing follows obedience. And the the opposite is true. If you're not obedient, you cannot count on God's blessing. You reap what you sow. And so I would just encourage you with those lessons to ma- today. Maybe one of those was for you. And I want to say a, a word of prayer for you today and ask God to bless you on this Tuesday. Lord, I thank you for my church family. I thank you for 24 beautiful years together. Lord, I thank you for those families within the sound of my voice that have been with us from day one, and I thank you for every person who's joined with us on that journey since that day, 24 years ago. Thank you, God, for your blessing. Thank you for over $5 million given to missions. Thank you, God, for, for many people who've come into the kingdom because of the work that you're doing at Cornerstone in Bloomington and in our community and around the world, both near and far. Lord Jesus, you have uh, you've been blessing us, and you continue to bless us. And so, Lord, I thank you for that. I thank you for these reminders today from the book of Second Kings. And I pray, God, that you would just bless your people in Jesus name. Amen. God bless you. I'll be back with you tomorrow. I hope you have a great day.